Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast by the Timothy Project. Tune in to an intriguing, mind-stimulating podcast where your mind-boggling questions in the Bible are analyzed. Simply breaking down mysteries in the Bible, precept upon precept in the scriptures until we see Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. This is the second episode of Between the Lines, an official podcast for the Timothy Project. And we're a team that's determined to present every man perfect. I'm still quite excited about last time's um, discussion. You know, the fact that the grand plan of God is that the earth should be a factory for making more of Jesus. And the way to do that is to study Jesus, becoming a disciple, and making others like Jesus, that's making disciples. And all of creation are ways that, including us. So we know the plan. Now let's delve into the foundations needed for that plan to come to reality. And there's no better place to begin than where all the issues of life start, the heart. So today we focus on the heart of a, of a disciple. And as usual, this podcast is based on our blog posts on our website, and the link is included in this description. So if you haven't, in fact, I've received a word of knowledge that some of you have not, you have not gone to read it. So please pause this. You're not lazy. Pause this. Get to our website, read the blog post on the heart of a disciple. Because in that blog post, we study the lives of some people in the Bible to better grasp how our hearts as disciples should look like. So our spotlight first hits Ezra, an amazing man of God. And we have two amazing men of God to help us discuss this. So yeah, I'm Bethman, your usual geek here. <laughs> yeah, our rabbi. And now we have a very special person. I'm Ivan. Us. Ivan. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan is uh, the brains behind everything we do. Timothy Project. You. He gets he gets the whole thing running. That's all. That's all. He's making sure everything just it's right on track, and that's amazing. God bless you, Ivan. God bless you guys. So too. back to Ezra, and I think what what I loved about it was the fact that Ezra. I get like I I got to know from the post that Ezra is the father of pulpit preaching. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. But what what's, what what do you like about Ezra? What is um, nice about his life? I think Ezra is sort of like the first in line for people like me. So, okay. um, the long line of people who have just dedicated themselves to study to be able to do and teach. So, like not just pulpit preachers, but like theologians. So, okay. I feel like Ezra is like a, a big wheel that got the cog rolling down to people who want to do this thing like me. So I love that about Ezra. He's one of the people, I think as I Paul, I'm leaning towards Ezra. All right. So the father of pulpit preaching, the father of theology. <laughs> what do you love about him? I love the fact that um, for someone who was, who was intending to teach, he began with studying and doing. Because True. for most of us, we like studying. Okay, some of us like studying, <laughs> but doing is more difficult. Yeah. So we teach people what we studied, and then it's difficult to tell them, follow me or do as I've exactly. done. Yeah. So we don't actually say that at all. Yes. Mm. I'm just seeing it. And it's funny because you just see one verse, it hits you, and then you can do a whole sermon, and it's quite realize yeah. you're, you're like a great preacher. <laughs> <laughs> We're not throwing any shade, we promise. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, um, Bethman, can you give us a bit of a background into the times Ezra lived in? Okay. Um, so, Ezra is what we describe as a post-exilic preacher. 
priest. So mm-hmm. basically, he's a priest that came on the scene after the exile okay. of, of um, the nation of Israel. So the, the thing with the nation of Israel is like, they were a really stubborn bunch. Like, God, God had given them a covenant, right? So the identity of the nation of Israel had close ties to the covenant. So if they kept the terms of the covenant, they received all the blessings that came along with the covenant. And God told them from the get-go that, see, I sacked some people out so that you guys would come and inherit the land. Mm -hmm. If you break the terms of the covenant, you go the same way. You leave the land. Like, this is my land and I'm leasing it to you guys. So you keep the terms of the covenant, you get to stay in the land. Like, sort of like a Garden of Eden thing going Mm -hmm. on with the whole promised land Mm -hmm. thing. So like that, you see that motif running in scripture. So they, they break the terms of the covenant. They go into exile. Um, and the Babylon, the Babylonian Empire is also captured by the Middle Persian Empire. And it is in this certain way, um, King Cyrus comes along the line, gives the first decree. The first decree. Then we have Zerubbabel coming with like the first wave of Jewish exile returnees, like refugees, like, <laughs> like, you know, the Ghanaian refugees that return with the Ekumok ship from Liberia. <laughs> so the first wave of refugees come back. And uh, after a while, Ezra, concerned with the spiritual well-being of these people, leads a delegation of the second wave of, okay. of, of returnees. So Ezra comes, and this is the setting in which Ezra is coming to this work. Mind you, this, these people are people that have grown up in exile. So they have heard about the good things of God, but they are not necessarily people who have experienced it. Sure. These are people, people who may of a sense feel like God has betrayed them. So, some also feel like, ah, there's really no need for God. Like, we've been struggling through exile. Others also, uh, have become very staunch custodians of the law. Our fathers broke the law. We went into exile. Let's try to keep it as much okay. as possible. So, we have a mixed society. Very religious, almost religious, no religion. Mm-hmm. Right? And these are the, the, these are the people that Ezra wants to come and set everything in order. For so it's sort of like Ezra was walking into our 21st century world today. I yeah. tell you, I was about I to you. say the same thing. Like, it looks like in um, the current situation of the world where we mm-hmm. have very religious people and then we have those who are in between somewhere and those who just don't want anything to do with this whole God issue, Christ issue. Yeah, true, because you've been stuck in that hole or that pit for the longest time. <laughs> Nothing is changing, so why should I obey God at this time? So what do we think Ezra's motivation was? Because I'm just I'm just wondering, like we're we're in exile. Well, yeah, right now we've 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 gotten the privilege of getting out of of um, exile. But what do you think would have moved him to want to do this as in study, do and teach? I think it boils down to his love for God, right? Okay. So Ezra Ezra saw himself as a priest first of all, and for the priests they had no inheritance but God. So it's like God was his everything. And he is somebody who looked back and saw that, no, we were unfaithful to the covenant. We broke God's heart. Whatever we are going through, uh, it's on us. So he feels like, okay, let me just come and let's try to get things right. Let's fall back in love with God. So if you ask me, I think what moved Ezra was his love for God, which translated to his love for the people, right? right? To get them back in. But let's look at the whole getting to exile and coming out of exile. When I'm reading about these prophets and then their messages to Israel, it seems very interesting. Like God would start pronouncing judgment and then switch and talk about his love, start 
talking about distraction. The next thing is hope. Like that's that's. I, I, do you think that that might have felt like may, might have made the people feel that God was being too soft? As in, if He's talking about distraction and then hope in the same breath. If I if I disobey Him, probably in the next two days He would get me out. Do you think I, that's what? I think I think it's in the nature of God. God is love. It's in His very nature to love and. But we shouldn't forget that God is also just, right? So God will not overlook any wrongdoing. He will not overlook sin. Even when he sent his son Jesus to come and die, we have justice and and love and mercy all coming to some one big interplay on the cross. And so we see that God does not overlook those things. But even whilst he's expressing judgment, he's ready and willing to temper justice with mercy if only we are willing to accept whatever he has in, in, in store so um will i say god is soft no god <laughs> isn't soft neither will i say he's too harsh i i i think in god's justice god is perfect justice and perfect love so in god we have those two things held in perfect harmony okay right so that's why we can see god pronouncing judgment but at the same time because he loves you it's like there's a way out there's mm-hmm. a way out just mm-hmm. just take take the the rope that I'm giving you and I'll show you the way out. Okay, it's like he presents you life and death and then you choose, right? Yeah. That's that's cool. So back to Ezra. I feel like um the the part that summarizes everything in the blog post is Ezra seventeen. Mm-hmm. It says that for Ezra has or had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to do it and teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And that's I think that that sums up everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and and I think it just makes the whole thing a hard thing, because um, before he set out to do anything, he had set his heart. I, I I look at it as though the picture that comes to mind whenever I see such a text is like Ezra set his heart. So it's more like um, you know how we set concrete, it becomes hard. Like that was the direction in which he put his heart. Like this is what I'm going to Extremely do. Design. I set my heart on it. It's fixed, and from this fixed position of my heart, everything else moves out. So he set his heart to study the law of the Lord because primarily for him, it was the breaking of the law that has got us into this predicament in the first place. Mm-hmm. So to solve it, let's get to the heart of the matter. And to do it, like, yeah, he, was, he wasn't just like uh, Ivan said earlier, not just uh-huh. um, go out and hey, this is what I read, let's all, no, no, no. He set out to do it and then and to teach it in all of Israel. Ivan, I don't know if you have anything to... Not necessarily. You summed everything up and the, the text is quite understandable. But with studying and doing, it's a hard transition mm-hmm. because I've, I've experienced it personally. To study something, it's, it's nice to study. You get the knowledge, but how to transmit, translate it into a lifestyle is very difficult to do. And then you are encouraged or you are supposed to be teaching people while you are, you are studying, while you are still doing. And I think this question came up last week and then it's something I'm thinking about now. So when do you know that you've studied enough yeah. to do and when do you know that you've done enough to teach? And it's something I'm thinking about as I'm sitting here. I guess I guess from last week we we got to understand that it's it's a continuum. Yeah. So you study up to a point, 
but then they study you never stop studying really and you study you do and you teach so i get i i saw this post by um a a famous singer a gospel singer and he he said that someone texted him that he has been receiving songs from god and so what should you do about it and this musician says so first write a song down do it before you sing it so it's it's a continuum you you get to understand because you need yes. to get the information and then you do it you live it out and then you can teach other, other people or yeah. you can present it to them but i want us to take this step by step and i feel like we just break it down because we need to understand to grasp but not because like they are fully distinct first studying the the word of god delighting in the word of god because it's not always a delight <laughs> no because they are really hard teachings and and sometimes you you feel like you are barely standing in your faith and you don't want to to shake the grounds already so ivan what do you think what do you think um what do you think is is in that i mean when someone says delighting in the word of god what do you think it involves i think first of all delighting in the word of god really involves having the mindset that um, ultimately i'm choosing what god wants over what i want so i'm going to find out what does god want and even though it's hard i mean if if you are interested in in doing something that someone wants no matter how hard it is talking about studying you still want to find out exactly what he wants because if we don't if we don't know exactly what he wants then what are you going to do right so studying for me or delighting in the word of the lord just has to do with i just want to know what god wants let's let's put the doing aside for the first (laughs) for now but just finding out what exactly does god want because if you look at um, Ezra, for instance, and the context he was in, disobedience to the laws and statutes of God caused him to go into exile. Sure. So now, what exactly did God want that those people did not do that ended up them up in exile? So let's find that out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what delighting in God's word will eventually lead you to, to think. Okay. Yeah. Bethan, what's, what's, what's your take? How, how do I ensure that my, my heart is set on studying the word of God? I think, um, first of all, you must place the word of God in its proper context in our lives. So, um, my mind quickly goes to when Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out or proceeds from the mouth of God. So, if you view the word of God as something that it's essential for your being, then you have no other option than to study it. But you see, the things with things, the, the, things with things. <laughs> so the thing with these things that give nourishment is that when you begin to sense a, the nourishment or you begin to see the good it does in your life, it automatically pushes you to want to do it better. It's like a student who is, is, who says, I like math. Most often those who like math are those who are good at math. And because they are True. good at math, they like it, right? <laughs> yes, and it, it, it's 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 like that. So the more you 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 won't get a delight for the word of God until you begin studying it. 
And when you begin studying it and you begin to see it's causing those changes and, and satisfying the deep longings of your soul, that is when you begin to want more. So, and, and that can only come if, like, uh, we mentioned in the blog post, like, you need to move from a five minute devotional something, like, it won't cut it, (laughs) right? Um, I mean, we don't live our day, like, there's this scene in American, most American movies and uh, some Nigerian movies that annoy me, like, (laughs) like early morning breakfast, you see a whole palette of meals, then the husband comes out, picks Picks one or two, (laughs) and says, honey, I'm running late. Uh, I'll catch you later. And uh, like, how many of us can actually live life eating like that? Like you eat lunch, you just pick two grapes off the table. You just take a spoon of rice in the afternoon. Like it, it doesn't cut it. So it should just tell us that if we don't think human beings can survive on such a diet, spiritually, we won't survive on such a scanty diet. So I'm not saying your five minute devotional is bad. It's good. But you see, that should be like the snack. And your study is like you eating whole meal. So mm-hmm. you need to sit down, study the word of God, get into it, right? And and as you think through it, I was going to say as you meditate, but meditate is very churchy. <laughs> and but as you think consciously, you think through it, try mm-hmm. to contextualize it in your life, you realize that it's it wells up this kind of longing for more, right? Just like I'm good at math, so I'm gonna study more. But but how do we do the study? I mean, we've seen so many different means. There's Bible in a year, Bible in two years. Um, people take whole books and study them. How do you guys personally study? Who that, likes to start? Uncle Bethany should start with this. <laughs> the rabbi should start yes. there. Rabbi, please. Okay. Um, so how do I study my Bible? One day, I'm sure one day we should do a whole video session <laughs> on, <laughs> on it. But like, um, so I use a guide. Um, I have about two Bible reading plans. I have one that takes me through the Bible in a year and one that takes me through the Bible three times in a year. Okay. Right. So it's one is just to go through as fast as possible. Cause I always, I try to do that so I can keep the whole biblical narrative in mind okay right so i have the i always have the big picture every year right then maybe in a month i can focus on a book or two or three and study them but i think for for a beginner um you can start with a bible plan olive tree bible app not i'm not it's just good so yeah the olive tree the olive tree bible app has good bible reading plans um maybe they're listening they they can send in money for yeah and um <laughs> and uh, with time timothy project with time we would come up with a bible reading plan yeah. right mm-hmm. so to help you out so mm it's still in the works still in the works so but get a good bible reading plan bible in a year um go through it um sit down steady sometimes you will need a, any good bible so you will need some resources so you can get a good bible dictionary and um, the zondafan pictorial bible dictionary is a good one and the Easting's Bible Dictionary is a good one. So you get those Bible dictionaries because some of the words, the places, sometimes you need um, the, to get the right setting. And because let's face it, you, you are reading a, a historical document, right? Okay. The Bible is a historical document. Let's, it's, it was not necessarily like 
um, guidelines that were handed over from having on golden tablets to us. No, they were written in the context of a certain history. So we mm-hmm. must understand a little bit of the history to be able to understand the Bible better. All this I'm saying shouldn't discourage you, please. <laughs> It shouldn't discourage you. It should actually let you know that, ooh, there's more to this thing than meets yeah, the eye. So yeah, like, so you just spend some time. I, I think you should put aside an hour at least. Like, you okay. can start with an hour or maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, 30 minutes to an hour. Just block the time out. Take it step by step. You can start, but try to always mm, read with context in mind. This is, this is, this is my very. Oh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Um, analytical <laughs> side of my brain talking but yeah just read it try to find out oh what is it saying what does it mean how does it apply to me so those should be the three questions that motivate whatever you are doing Ivan. So, so i think it's good alphabet one went first so now <laughs> we have what a, a a very studious person does <laughs> no, don't forget about that how do you study your bible okay so um I've had a lot of changes in how I go about my study of the Bible okay. over a period of time. But in recent times, what I've usually done is my Bible reading plan is different from my quiet time. Okay. Quiet time, evening and morning. So you do it before you sleep. When you wake up, you run through the text before you go about your day, right? Then Bible reading plan. I had to download an app for it. Okay. And he uses Olive Tree. I use um what's the name of this app? Read scripture. <laughs> Read scripture by um Bible the Bible project. You should check them out. They're very good too. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I saw their animation. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So I I I like to make things easy for myself. Okay. So with Read Scripture, it makes things very easy. You pick the topics that are in the text, are probably illustrated in a video. Or something, you watch mm-hmm. it, you read the text, you get it, and um, you have the option of taking out verse, numbers, and mm-hmm. all that. Okay, so that's my Bible reading. Now, for Bible study to come down and actually study a text, is I do it based on what I'm interested in at the time. Okay. So we are getting, for instance, we were getting to Christmas last year. I started asking myself questions. So, what is this Christmas story? Why, why is it important? Um, why don't I know enough about what the Bible says about Christmas? Okay. Those things push you to go and look for material on the birth of Christ and study it. And then one thing I do to help my study and to make sure my study is not too difficult is that during the day when you are not doing something or maybe when you are busy or something, you the things you listen to help how you study. Okay. So... This is something I learned from Uncle Bedmore. <laughs> Not necessarily learned, but it's, it's a habit that has become hard to break. I, I can't listen to messages during the week. So instead of listening to a full message or maybe like a message preached in church, I'd rather go and listen to a podcast or a documentary or something that talks about a topic in the Bible okay. instead of listening to a message where the man of God has come to you. I'm not saying listening to messages are bad, but just... I, I do those things to try and make my study easier so that when I approach the Bible, when I decide to start studying something, it's not so difficult. I don't now have to go and break barriers of what <laughs> men of God have taught or what Sunday school has taught me. Yes. So those are some of the 
small things I do oh, that's cool. to catch up with people like <laughs> Yeah, and um, I think I, I, I almost missed one very important thing. Get a very friendly readable translation, right? Yes. See, if you are, like if you message. are, if you are beginning with this, not, no message, <laughs> but if you are, if you are beginning with this, um, um I think, um, don't try King James. No, I'm not saying that King James is a bad translation. It's one of my favorite because King James is poetic. Like, says, uh, be careful of the atrophies because he loved the preeminence. Yes. You see, what does that even mean? <laughs> but, um, um, King James is very poetic in its language, but none of us speak King James English. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's outmoded. So maybe an NLT, an NIV. If you, if you yes. are, you are like me and you want the, a little bit of King James to feel like you're still reading the Bible, you can do the new King James version. <laughs> but for re, for easy reading and quick understanding, um, you should, you should, I would recommend, um, NIV, NLT, and the ESV, yes. English Standard Version, and the RSV, Revised Standard Version, and the NRSV, the New Revised Standard <laughs> Version. Those are, I could go on and on and on, but yeah, those are some of the Bible versions that I think would help with your study. Don't worry, um, if you are wondering, and, uh, ah, why is there so many Bible translations and versions? We'll get into it later in the year. We'll, we'll, would handle that on a very different point. But at the moment, what you should know is that there are various Bible versions. There are some that are easily readable. Okay. There are some that are not too easily readable. So you pick the easily readable ones to help you with your study. And as time goes on, you can move towards the not the so ones. easy readable ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I just really hope you're getting that there, there's just so many ways you can study your Bible. And, and it actually can be fun. I guess for me, mine is a, a bit different from both of them. I, I, I usually take, um, Bible characters, like people in the Bible. So, um, and then learn concepts. So I, I don't do books. I don't do whole Bible in the year. I do characters and concepts. So for example, I'm studying on kindness or on love or on God's justice. Or I can do, say, um, Bible characters like, King Cyrus. I really, really love King Cyrus. And reading about him made me understand how God can be so intentional. Prophesying about him like so many years before he was born. And then you get to read other resources about it. So point is, first thing, like know how you study, how you want to study and be intentional about it because there are too many resources. Too many of them. You you can you can do it in so many ways. Yes, and, yeah. it, and it's and it's so incredibly fun. It doesn't have to be boring, it doesn't have to be like what everybody else is doing. Point is be intentional, be led by the spirit, obviously, and and just go straight into it and just do that. But what has been your hardest your hardest hardest? Your hardest um well let me see the any any barriers you had in studying the Bible. That's been your My your hardest challenge. barrier was which materials to use okay. right which materials to use i think it took me about almost um six years to get it right <laughs> right i'm not discouraging anybody out there. <laughs> uh, um uh, very soon on our website we'll have a list of materials we think are quite helpful to okay. uh, help you in your bible study journey um trying to get the you know um that's there's so many Christian traditions out there, right? Mm -hmm. Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, um, Charismatic, Pentecostal, 
right? Yeah. I am I I view myself as a Protestant evangelical <laughs> Pentecostal charismatic guy. It's a long it's a mouthful, <laughs> but yeah. And um so trying to walk the thin line of knowing okay this material is okay this material is not that was the that was my biggest barrier so okay. at a certain point i just sort of like uh stuck with basic scripture so stuck with basic scripture for a while and i worked my way out of scripture to these materials to get good bible survey you know what, what bible surveys do is that they give you a, a like say you want to study the book of esther it gives you a, an an overview before you jump right in okay. so um so yeah, and that was that was my biggest hurdle. Um, thank God um, there were people who put nice resources out there. Shout out to Temaki <laughs> Bible Project. Um, they put some nice materials out there. Um, and seminary too helped me quite a lot when I was in Bible school. Um, it puts things in perspective for me, so I was able to um, get the right material, point my way to the right resources, and. Um, that's why we are here to help you navigate that hard path. So, um, but when it comes to the studying itself, mm-hmm. right? So that's things are does that the barrier in studying. But when it comes to when it came to opening the scripture and reading, the hardest barrier to overcome was the some of the things that I was seeing in the scripture. Like, whoa, what's happening here? Like, yeah, the like talking, talking snakes, talking donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um circumcision bloody sacrifices and all like yeah. how to realize that this is somebody's historical context and it's i must understand them in their setting mm-hmm. before i can translate it to my setting so i don't pick i don't pick it as it is and just try to mirror it one-on-one there are things that yeah like love your neighbor as yourself you don't need too much to do with that scripture yeah. i think it's very clear but when you read other parts of the scripture that are not so clear how do you navigate those parts and how do you come out with the right meaning that was also a barrier that had to be cleared and these are things that you would meet along the line but with the right resources with the right coaching with the right guidance you'll be able to find your way out actually those those questions for me are they for me so that's different like for that that's i think that's a resource for me <laughs> Because for me, my, my hardest battle or hurdle was, was consistency, basically, in how to... Because maybe one character is, is more interesting than the other, and you are done reading about one. And to move on... It's like I tried reading the book of Ezra because I really liked how Ezra was. And then it gets to the part where they're talking about the, the various um, tribes. The, the of, names. And then the numbers... I'm like, if I skip so if I skip so I'm thinking, hey, I'm skipping God. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so at some point they get it gets boring. Like the book of Daniel, it starts with a lot of action, like pow, 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 pow. And they get to the middle some and then long, the end. Weird prophecy. And prophecies. I'm like, yo, Daniel, you started this well. Why can't we end with that? <laughs> so that's been that's been um, that for me. And I guess the way the way I overcome I I overcome it on a regular is is writing it down so i really identify with luke so luke i feel like luke is almost like a gospel gossip like he's not doing much <laughs> he's just there saying hey, and this happened and do you know that this person did this <laughs> and he's reporting all of that so when i read my books I, I i like to type it out or write that okay so this time i'm in i'm in um nehemiah city and this is what he's doing and this was happening at this time so it, it keeps the interest that's interesting. Yeah, it keeps the interest. Because 
I'm like, I'm like my own 21st century look and I'm reporting what's already happening. Mm. So Ivan, what, what has been your greatest headdoes? My greatest headdoes. Headdoes. <laughs> <laughs> First is something um, Uncle Bethmon said, the right material. Okay. Because you are reading your Bible and everybody has what they think this, right? the script means. So how do you determine who is more right? Right. <laughs> some people, one simple text, they have like, what? You know? Go it, deep into, oh my gosh. <laughs> it, I think the way I overcame that was to get help. Okay. And it's something I like to encourage our listeners to do. Sometimes you just don't know what, what to do with the text. Get help. So okay. you can take classes. You can go for, and we, we have a, a, a classroom session for Timothy Project. Exactly. And you can get help from people who have studied already mm-hmm. and know which material has helped them the most. Yeah, so that's my first hurdle. Second hurdle, consistency. Consistency, I, I like to deal with things in very easy ways. Consistency, I just use an app. Okay. Like, so my Bible Project um, app, they read scripture. It gives me notifications at a okay. particular time of the day. So whatever I'm doing, I stop it. Go and go and... Yeah, you have discipline. You have discipline to stop whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I guess and, something like the U version, so they give... They give badges and you end shrieks, but I don't know how that works. Well, yeah. Yes. So, and then for studying, studying, and other things like prayer and things, building consistency, I use the thing that distracts me to get me to go and do what I need to do. Okay. So, my phone is my biggest distraction. Anywhere I am, I'm using my phone. So, at 12 a.m. every day, my phone goes black and white. I don't receive notifications. Okay. Nothing. So it pushes me off. It, it just disgusts, it disgusts me to see black and white images. Everything is black <laughs> and white. So I just put the phone down, go and find something else to do. And I can't find any other thing to do <laughs> except going to study. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I have conversations with people. So at all the time, you are having a conversation with someone. You realize he knows more than you. When you get back home, one of the things on your mind is, I have to go and study. Yeah. You know, so it helps with, with the consistency. Then, so, yeah, so material consistency. Those are my two biggest headaches. That's, that's lovely. I think I've learned that. She used my, my phone to help me. Because <laughs> we all need help with that. <laughs> I tell you. Okay, so let's move on to the next thing that he did. That's doing. Mm-hmm. What Ivan didn't want to speak about. <laughs> doing. Hmm. Doing what you've learned. And this one is not even, I guess, with the, the order in which it comes. It's not even doing what you preach. This is doing what you've learned. You've not even started preaching. Yeah. Doing what you've learned. What do you have to say about that? Because I don't even want, mm. honestly, I also don't want to <laughs> I think, I think this is the hardest part for all of us. Like, learning is, learning and studying as hard as sometimes it can be is the, actually the easiest part. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just pile up knowledge, pile up knowledge, pile up knowledge. But I think the, the whole point of the Bible is not given to us to pile up knowledge. Right. It's, it's for us to live life and live it to its fullest. So mm-hmm. like that's what, um, James says that he who comes to this, he calls the perfect law of liberty. This is language for Bible. So anyone who comes to it sees what it says and, and does not go and do what the word says. 
He likens to a man who looks in the mirror. It's like looking in the mirror and seeing that you're, there's a smudge in your makeup or there's a, something in your eye and you just leave it and you go out the same way. And um, so it's it's it requires effort and it requires you to do some introspection and judge yourself, right? So you look... You look in the word of God, um, you read the scripture, and the Bible is saying that you should not tell lies. And you are wondering, uh, how many lies have I told this I week? Told and um, <laughs> They mean all lies or like white lies? Yeah, or just yeah they, are try, they are trying to figure it out. Uh, but looking th- for loopholes. Yes. But like uh, David told a lie here, and, and this person the, the told a lie here. And, and, but <laughs> you see, and it's hard. The, the point is, it's hard. But for us Christians, the hope we have and the confidence we have is we have a helper, mm-hmm. right? God has given us the Holy Spirit to sort of equip us and empower us to help in the doing process. It's yeah. because we couldn't do. That's why Jesus came to die for us in the first yeah. place. Mm-hmm. So that with his new nature and with the Holy Spirit, we can now do. So how do we put the doing into practice? I think it, it must be, first of all, intentional, right? And, and, um, have a plan, have a goal. Like, see, I read this thing today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to find ways of putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of the things I used to struggle with is telling like, sometimes I could lie unprovoked, like, <laughs> like unprovoked, like, how are you? The answer could be a lie. Like, <laughs> like, and I think that answer brings out the most lies in this world. Oh, yeah, like, how are you? Like, yeah. like, how are you? Most of you are not fine, but it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good. So, um, I, I remember in, in that period when, when the word of God confronted me with this whole lying thing, I had to look myself straight in the mirror and like, Beth, you can't continue this. <laughs> so I, 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 I became, I tried to become very truthful. I tried to tell the truth given the chance to the extent that people sometimes say I'm too truthful. <laughs> but, um, there was, a, so there was even a wallpaper, a picture I made a wallpaper on my phone that kept reminding me it says tell the truth even if your mouth shakes <laughs> so yeah it, it became difficult sometimes it's very difficult I, there's there's this video that went around this christmas about i think it's, uh, it was from the president in paris right and then um the their little girl did something and was about to um lie and it's like you don't have to tell a lie. It's like, okay, daddy, I'm going to tell the bad truth. Because <laughs> the good truth will get me in trouble. <laughs> so it's like, um, you just have to look at yourself deep, deep, deep down. Um, know where you are falling short and ask God for help. Because even the doing, I, I tell you, it's not easy. Yeah, It's not easy. I think you need to rely on the Holy Spirit, but you must determine to do it. Like, like, like we saw Ezra, he set his heart. Like he said, I, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to set out and do this thing. So even if it costs me, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to do it. So, um, mm-hmm. th- there should be some sort of determination that you, you, you come out with, but you need the help of the Holy Spirit. I won't lie. You need his help. I tell you, I think the hardest part for me is, is that I feel like, God is trying to change me into a, a different person. He is. I know that. <laughs> I know he's trying to change me into Jesus Christ. But it gets hard to think that, hey, Lord, if I do this, if I become like this, I'll, I'll not be able to recognize myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this, there's this part of scripture. I don't remember where exactly it is. But it says, you should not tell cause jokes. Yeah. And. Efficient. 
Yeah, and the thing is, the thing is that me with some people there, eh, like that's how we roll. <laughs> yes. So I've been looking at, and funny enough, in my in my journal, I've written it so many times. Mother don't tell a cause jokes. Mother don't tell a cause jokes. But every single time, I'm like, God, if I don't tell a cause joke with this person, the person will not even like. I cannot be nice with this. Like that's not how we roll, you know. And that's the hardest part for me. It's like being knowing that I have to submit myself and decide okay marvel if you are following this you are not going to be recognized as marvel anymore you're 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 being transformed into something else and that's the part that's the part that gets to me i i, I guess it gets to other people too because you're so used to it's like you a are, yeah yeah you're so used to being in charge yes and it's like um well, no, why are you telling my, me what I to love do my enemies is that what yeah. i should <laughs> like, i should be nice like to them, them. I, I i think the world teaches you to be you and you see the difficult part is Christ is the Bible is telling us that God wants to make us a better us mm-hmm. by being like him mm-hmm. and and it's 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 it shatters all the categories we have in our existence because the more you stray away from the crowd the more you become you mm-hmm. right so the more you you hammer on your independence you hammer on you being different, you being unique, you become you. But Christ says, hey, no, 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 it's the other way around. The more, more you, you become, become like, like me, me <laughs> <laughs> you become you. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this. But I guess, I guess um, we all, well, if you've actually had it, we'll admit that there's, there's always this thing inside of you that I know that like, this is really you. The, the Christ, the Christ that God wants to become. Is really you, mm-hmm. Lord. Please help us. I want your thoughts. <laughs> um, okay, so for for doing, I think doing has has been difficult since doing began. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> because even from from the garden, doing was not easy. From the I, garden of Eden, doing was not. It's easy. like as soon as they tell you that don't do don't something, do you this. want to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? It has tricky, right? <laughs> but but I think that um, when when you follow the order and you know that mm-hmm. I'm studying to do and not studying to teach, you see, um, I'm speaking from this point because sometimes you've risen to like a place in the church or you've been given some rules in the church where you feel like I have to prepare to go and teach these people yeah. this, or I have to study this to go and teach people. But if you start studying because you want to do it, then ultimately when it comes to doing, you know that this is why I studied. Mm-hmm. So I have to put it into practice. Uh-huh. Then when you start putting it into practice, then you feel like I've I've done this. Yeah. I need to help other people do it. And it makes teaching easier. Yeah, it makes, because it's, makes yeah. it's ingrained inside of you. Like this this who you are. And I think I think I don't I don't know. This is me trying to um think for Ezra, right? <laughs> But I think Ezra realized something that his greatest teaching aid would be his life, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because um, l- let's face it, we are we are we are we like Ezra have been thrust into a world that does not know God, mm-hmm. and we are supposed to teach the world what God wants them to be like. Yeah, and so Ezra comes to this community of. Jewish exile returnees, refugees. They may have picked up things from Babylon, picked up cultures from Persia, all of those things. So they've come back and they are not necessarily 
thinking about God. It's like, how can we rebuild our nation? How can we establish our identity? Some are bringing Babylonian trade. Some are bringing, and th- that's the world we find ourselves in. And Ezra was like, you know what? Um, hmm, to get these people in track, I th- on track, I think my life must be an example. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's that's what God even did with us. By he, God could have sat in heaven and was like, you know what? Um, mm-hmm. Sins forgiven, everything okay. But like he came and showed us what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. Right? See, when I say this is this is what I'm expecting. See, look at Jesus. I did it through him. Yeah. Right? And 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 um, it goes on. You, so we see that motif running through scripture where Paul says. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He says to Timothy, uh, the things that you've learned on me, commit unto faithful men, knowing from whom you've learned it. So we, we see that. And for us Christians, that's 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 one of the most important. So we we things we must know. We can't separate the doing aspects from our discipleship. Mm-hmm. So doing the word of God is essential to your discipleship. True. Yeah. And I feel like this principle, this principle is even used in the secular world. We know that when someone comes and gives us a whole lecture, it's not the same as doing the thing practically. When you do it practically, then it's ingrained inside of you. And then from that stance, when you are telling someone about it, it's just it just flows. Because you are not it's not it's not some concept that you read about anymore. It's something that you've done, something that you can do, you are doing. And so when you're teaching someone, it just flows. It makes it easier. You don't even have to use any textbook. You're just it's just flowing. Yeah. It's like it's like we would rather attend a conference on how to make a million by Bill Gates <laughs> than than for some random guy mm-hmm. out there. Cause like when He's we see Bill it. Gates, like uh, we know how it what it takes. We know that he has the millions. So if anything at all, he knows the way to go. Yeah. So same way, if you are doing the work of God, you are doing the word of God, and people are, are like, um, something about ivan is different so if he's telling us to do it this way we see True. the results in his life and we can follow him if we are stuck we know he can show us the way True, <laughs> true, true. and in that way we're actually embodying christ and we and in the ways yeah. that we speak that's 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 great so then i want us to throw a challenge out there like a a practical way or something that i i don't know whether you've done it yourselves but a concept that they can practicalize. Can we can we tell them something? I, I can start if you're a bit confused as what I'm asking. So um when I, I learned about kindness, right, I decided to do something. I didn't I didn't do it after like the first two or three, but that's not the point. <laughs> I decided to to sort of do like acts of random kindness. So then randomly without anybody knowing add I'll do something nice for someone. So either I send the person credit unknowingly. I mean, anonymous. How come I never got some? <laughs> like I said, a few people. <laughs> 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 or send them something. So that's a challenge. I mean, I want you guys to do some oh, okay. few seconds. Think about it. What, what would you want to challenge them to do? So um, for me, when I, I, I think I ran out of patience with people okay. very fast. And when I was studying love and like love is patience. I was like, why did we have to start with this one? <laughs> patience is something. Like, <laughs> so and um, it, it's Ivan. Ivan has known me for a while. You, you also know me for a while. You, you, you realize that um, I don't have time for. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I like you're being too slow. You're being too like. Le- Pick up your pace. Let's move on. Like there are things to do. I think maybe that's the choleric in me too. I sometimes. tell like. <laughs> 
But so when you have phlegmatics around, <laughs> you're like, why? <laughs> so um, I I had to learn how to be patient with people. I had to teach myself to be patient with people, to sit and understand that not everyone is like me. I need to give them the benefits of the doubt sometimes. And sometimes being patient with people is to, they've, they've done you wrong and, and you can smash them, but you have to be patient with them and pick them up and, and help them and let them learn. So the, the, the challenge to you out there is, um, who, who have you run out of patience for? And, um, if you are going to show the love of God to the world, then um, find those people and show them some kindness. Be patient, intentionally be patient with them. Um, and, and that's what, that's what we mean by the whole doing thing. Like mm-hmm. you just pick it up and challenge yourself to do it and ask God, 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 you know, you know something. See, um, that thing is hot. Okay. <laughs> Ivan keeps getting on my last nerve, <laughs> my last nerve. Eh? Sometimes he gets over my deadlines. My last <laughs> nerve. <laughs> Are you saying something? Oh no, 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 no. just, just. <laughs> so like, I have undermined it. Oh, it's it's just it's just an example, and uh, like um, so it's, what do I do? I must be patient with him. Mm-hmm. I must I must try to sometimes see life from his perspective. Yeah, understand him, and in doing that, I am mirroring Christ to him. So mm-hmm. that is me doing what the Word of God says. Right. Yeah. right and, the, and the thing is when when you start god will just pick up from there trust me he would <laughs> make sure that it's really inside of you that's patience that you're looking for yeah. ivan your challenge to the world my my challenge is um, concerning language and how we speak right okay so um before i started this whole journey with god one of the things i used to struggle with a lot was like talking when you get on my nerves the first things that run through my mind are the first things i'm going to tell come on no filter ah, no filter <laughs> you, are you talking about like a type of language you the use type of the... language hey man of god <laughs> what type of language are you using oh <laughs> let's let's not go back there. <laughs> what i don't believe this no. so it's going to be bleep 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 <laughs> and, like and you mm, and then mm, yes all you know and um I, w- I was really straight with people. So okay. if I think you are being stupid, like it's going to flow. And I had to teach myself to, to watch my words. Okay. Yeah. And you read from the, the Bible how God and Jesus tell you how to be. And hallelujah, everyone has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this, how honestly. <laughs> and it actually, it, it pushed me to my quiet side because now instead of talking about something and just going ballistic i'll just keep quiet yeah because it looks like you can't hit a fly well it's been a long journey of doing it's, it's been a long journey <laughs> so i just i just want to encourage people to mm-hmm. like watch your weights yeah watch how they come out because even back then i could insult people about issues concerning the bible like i'm defending the bible but <laughs> I feel yeah. like I have to insult you for you to realize that you are not wise enough to have this argument. So just watch your words. Watch how how you, you um, deliver what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have the right things to say, but the delivery is bad. 
to watch your, your delivery. And yeah. Okay. So before we summarize, any last words? Because that's up. Yeah. Um. Last words. <laughs> do something. Like when you read the Bible, just do something. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Nike. Yeah. So um. Ezra yeah. said it first. Ezra said it first. So you you make a checklist, right? And you just put a check by. It. Just do it. Yeah. Evan. I think my last words would be the the theme for the so study and then do before you teach. Yeah. It's, it's really on my heart. Like how people And that's the heart of the disciple. <laughs> how people can jump to teaching without mm-hmm. first doing. Yeah. So like, I think the teaching will flow naturally yeah. from your wellspring of knowledge and the examples that you have from doing the teaching will flow naturally. So mm-hmm. um teach with your life first. That's your biggest teaching aid. Yeah. Right. And there's this thing that uh, um people say and people watch what you do not necessarily what you say right yeah. so at least when they look at you they should they should be able to tell that there's something different about you okay so don't forget what you've been challenged to do the same way you jump on tiktok challenges <laughs> let's do this an yeah. act of random kindness someone that you are not so patient with trying to patient with that person and watch your language Ivan, I'm still surprised. <laughs> so it's it's a wrap from us. And as usual, if you want to know more about how to start a, the best relationship ever, that's with Jesus Christ, or you want to know more on how you you can encourage other people to do the same or become a disciple yourself, you can just... Uh, get in us touch up. with us. Um, yep. Send us a DM, a message on any of our social mm-hmm. media platforms on our website. You can exactly. fill any of the inquiry forms and we'll get in touch with you. We are waiting for you. Exactly. Can't wait to have that that message or comment or DM from you. And so just uh, stay safe, keep studying and doing and looking more like Christ. And thank you guys so much for being here, Ivan and Bethman. Thank you, Mavs. Thank, thank you, you, Ivan. God bless you guys. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Between the Lines by the Timothy Project. The Timothy Project is a crowdfunded discipleship ministry that seeks to train and disciple young believers, presenting them perfect to Christ. What we do here is made possible by your generous gifts and donations. If you've been blessed and seek to support us, you can find our giving options in the description below. Keep tabs on our website for exciting blog posts. You can also interact with us on our social media handles in the description below. The Timothy Project, presenting every man perfect.